everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, a teacher, or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer, or a staff member in an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to another episode of Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I'm so happy you are here. Friends, holy cow, it is IEP season. Oh my gosh, it's exhausting. It is stressful. It can be overwhelming. It can be all the things. But here's what I want for you to know. I want for you to know that if we are deliberate about it, it doesn't have to be any of those things. Sure, it might be, you might get a little like ideological conflict. You might feel a little intimidated about something. You might need to spend a shit ton of time doing something to prepare. But if we go in knowing those things. And if we are deliberate about it, then IEP season does not have to be all that bad. So today I want to give you three tips for surviving your IEP season. Now, I want to tell you that I have something on my website that is very comprehensive and step-by-step in preparing for an IEP. We talked about preparing for an IEP last week as well on the podcast. So that kind of goes together with this. But so I'm not going to be giving you like step by step. If you want that, I've got that over on the website. Today, I'm giving you three tips that you're going to be like, yeah, I know. But then we're going to go a little bit deeper into them. And my hope is that you're like, oh, okay. So these are like obvious things. um, But then I've put my years and years of wisdom and many people that have gone through this process with me and my own experiences. And I'm going to give you a little bit more insight into these three suggestions. First of all, excuse me, I want to let you know some exciting news that we have here at Ashley Barlow Company. And that is that we are going to be opening a tutoring center in the summer of 2023. I guess technically it'll be the spring, but it'll be late in 2023. So I am recording this in early March and I have a little bit of travel coming up. And so I have been working very hard at my office in order to get a lot of things done so that I can take the time when I am traveling to be a little more creative. I do creative work best when I'm really happy and I am really happy when I am warm. You, if you've been here long enough, you know that we are pool people. We are Key West people. We are warm people. And so sometimes I go there deliberately to plan. I didn't have that luxury this winter because of a lot going on, but I get to go where it's warm. And so I have packed some stuff to, I will pack some stuff to really map out this tutoring center and also to map out the the schedule. So 
It's a lot of rambling. You probably didn't need all of that. Here's what I want to tell you about the tutoring center. This summer, 2023, we are going to be open. We are going to have four to six tutors, and we are going to offer probably some four-week sessions as well as some 10 or 12-week sessions. They will be packaged together. I don't think we'll probably do much by way of small group. It'll probably all start off as one-on-one. Again, I'm mapping this out next week. But we are going to focus on reading, executive functioning, behavior, and other academics. I believe we are going to also have a diagnostician or a psychologist on the team who will be able to provide some testing and also perhaps do some one-on-ones with parents so that parents really understand prior evaluation reports. And the kind of exciting thing about the tutoring center is that I am going to train all of our tutors to also be advocates so that your reading tutor, your Orton Gillingham reading tutor, for example, will be able to come into meetings for you. They can be your advocate. I think that there's a really nice compliment to actually working with a child and then advocating for the child. And so this is something that I've kind of been sitting on for a while. And so stay tuned. But if you are mapping out your summer, you might want to consider doing tutoring with us. We will, of course, it'll be all virtual and we will accommodate timelines and schedules and time zones and all of that stuff. And I'm actually going to get OG certified myself. I am going to get, I'm going to start off, of course, with the classroom teacher thing because that's the way OG starts. And then I'll do a practicum. I will choose a student to, to do a practicum with. And then I'm going to go ahead and do the certification. And maybe right now I'm thinking I might go all the way up to actually being able to train other people. So we shall see. But anyway, I wanted to tell you about the tutoring center as we're planning for the summer and that time off of school. In the meantime, let's talk about IEP season because we aren't going to get to summer until we get our annual meetings done. By the way, a couple of people have been like, what's IEP season? It's a time when advocates and attorneys are going to a lot of IEP meetings and when school teams have a lot of IEP meetings. Typically, a lot of people have their annuals either in the fall or in the spring. And really before spring break until the end of the school year. And then again, about two weeks into the school year until Halloween, there's just a pocket where a lot of annuals are built up. I'd like to give you a lot of content about annual meetings at this time of year because a lot of you are going to them. Okay, so three tips for annual IEP meetings. The first tip is be prepared. That is probably on a poster in your grandma's office with a golf course behind it. Preparation is the something, like all those boring things. Be prepared. Okay, so one tip for being prepared is to outline things. Use an outline. That is weird. Use an outline. What do I I'm going to start off, I always tell clients to outline things. I'm going to tell you why. So I outline for you, and if you really did a study of my podcasts, ones with outlines and ones without outlines, you would see that they make a heck of a lot more sense when there are outlines because they don't go on and on. I did not have that little ditty about the tutoring center outlined and you see how I droned on and on. 
and I didn't really have like bullet points to give you. You communicate well orally when you have bullet points. You stay on track when you have bullet points. So really we're talking about your executive functioning. We're talking about getting you organized and keeping you on task. And we're also talking about you taking control of some part of the meeting. If you have things outlined that you want to be able to say, you are going to be able to get it into control. I'm going to go ahead and leave this video up on YouTube, but I am laughing so hard. So it's allergy season. So I keep itching my nose. My hair keeps falling in front of my face. My face is getting redder and redder as I itch my nose. I don't have tissues on my desk. Anyway, I'm distracting myself. If you're watching, I, I'm sorry. It is distracting. I also don't have a makeup. This is really exciting. Okay. See? I, that's funny. I was talking about distracted, like not getting distracted during the meeting, and then I distracted myself. Okay. So you... If you outline, you are much less likely to get distracted and you are much more likely to be able to get those thoughts into the meeting. In addition to that, we have to acknowledge that there are emotions tied to our advocacy, right? Like we are, we really care about our kids' IEPs and the implementation of them and the fact that they're right and that sort of thing and their progress. And so we've got to acknowledge that. And if we've got something written in front of us that says, don't forget to talk about this, then we are more likely to do that, especially if the emotions kind of get the best of us. Another reason that I think it's really smart to outline is IEP meetings are not as natural to parents. Even if you are a teacher or an administrator or a school staff member and you sit on IEP teams, it is not as natural to... to parents, especially when it comes to our own kids. And so I think that advocating with an outline in front of you makes it a heck of a lot easier because you can get prepared. And that's main additional reason if you're looking for a less executive functioning, emotional, emotionally based reason, it is really that it simply helps you lay out your arguments, right? Like you can lay out your arguments better if you have them in front of you because you can actually think about the order that you're going to say things and when you're going to say things and how you're going to say them, et cetera. How to do the outline? I think maybe the best idea is to follow the IEP because typically that's what you do in the IEP meeting. That's the way the IEP is supposed to be developed. And that's the way that it's supposed to be discussed in the meeting. So you might want to outline what you want to say for different parts of the meeting. But there also might be things that you're like, oh, I want to get this in. When can I talk about it? So you might want to talk about when you're going to say things or when you're going to reference certain documents that you want to bring into the meeting, how you want to say things. A lot of times I write comments on the IEP itself. And truth be told, I usually, when I review them, I write in two different colors. I, I use a, a Microsoft Surface computer, and I'll just tap the blue or the red. And blue almost always goes to the school. That's something that goes to the school. If I want to send a note to my client, I'll put it in red so that I can erase it quickly before I send that copy over to the school. You might want to think about how you're going to say things, and you might even go ahead and say, I'll go ahead and send it early before the meeting. You can also plan who's going to say what. 
Brandon and I have had some meetings where we know we want to ask for something specific. And so I'm like, why don't you ask for this? Brandon is the blunt parent and I am the wordy parent. And so if something needs to be said that just needs to be said and moved on, he's usually pretty good at that. And so you might want to plan who is going to say what. Put in that outline when you want to say what, how you want to say it, and then also like references to the things that you want to bring in. I would never go to a meeting without a future planning statement or a parent interest statement, even if your state doesn't require it. I've got examples of those on my website in the communication packet. I think tutoring progress, things that you've communicated during the school year, reference to outside reports and progress and all of that stuff, you might just put a little arrow like this is when I'm going to show this and this is when I'm going to show that, et cetera, et cetera. So my first tip is use an outline and take it with you. Outline what you're going to say when you're going to say it. Okay. Number two, you know what I'm going to say. Communicate. <laughs> Again, you're like, I'm turning this off, but I've got more insight into it. Here's the extra tip with communicate, 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 because I say that in every single podcast. Do it early. What? Yeah, do it early. Okay. You know how your meeting is like scheduled for a half an hour or an hour, and then it goes over, and then it goes over again, and then it goes over again, and before you know it, it's like an hour and a half to three hours long. Here's the thing is, even in those meetings, you still are like, but we really didn't get to talk about Susie. We really didn't get to talk about our kid. And so here's the thing is, it's really hard to do a strength-based IEP and to just celebrate the kid if you don't talk before the meeting. Because in the meeting, there's business that has to be done. Like, you have to get a good document. You have to get the present levels right. You have to identify the needs. You have to write really well-written goals with all of the elements to a goal. You have all of that has to lead into specially designed instruction and your related service time and your service minutes and all of that stuff, right? Like you have to get those things in. Heck, you could discuss alternate assessment for three hours. And so it is really hard to get in all of those components if you haven't talked prior to the meeting. And if we want a strength-based IEP, which is hallelujah, amazing, then we really need to talk throughout the year. And then we need to plan for the IEP in advance of the IEP meeting. So what I think is that we need to start talking early. We need to go in and we need to ask about progress. We need to ask about ideas for goals for the next IEP. We need to ask about getting baseline data. Jack's teacher did this. We've got a new special ed teacher, second of our lives, because we are now in middle school for the first year. And she, just for everybody, reaches out early, like a month or six weeks before and says, what are your ideas for goals? And she comes in with progress and you look at the progress and then in, in our case, I suggested something about reading and she was like, you know what, I think he's got that. And I was like, wow, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Like I knew it was an emerging skill. Two weeks later, she wrote me and she's like, I am so glad that I took baseline data. This is why I'm such a fan of this. She took baseline data and she's, you're right. He was totally faking. He can do it. Like 
in this situation, but he can't do it in this situation. And so we made it a goal. So if we hadn't talked four weeks early and then we hadn't talked two weeks before the meeting, then his goals would not have been as good as they could have been because we were talking. And that's just for system. So we can talk about goals and baseline data. We can also talk about peer support or peer interaction, whatever that might be, staffing, scheduling, which I think is a huge part to the IEP. And there's really not a whole lot of places where you can talk about scheduling. And it's huge when you get all the way down to minutes. And then if you wait to get there until minutes, then you've built an IEP that might not yield into the schedule. So I think all of that, like when you plan early, when you just request a 30-minute meeting two or three or four weeks before the anticipated IEP meeting in order to start planning for it, you're able to put the horse before before the cart, right? Like you are really starting to plan for the meeting. In addition to that, it really sets the collaborative tone, right? I want to collaborate with you. I am a, a valuable part of this team as the parent and I'm really excited to get in there and start making a great IEP for next year for the next cycle of the IEP. Communicate, communicate, but the real tip is do it early and do it with some good function. And then tip number three is seriously take care of yourself. Now, I don't mean like take care of yourself. Proactively take care of yourself. And if I just said proactive and preemptive, you're all thinking, what? Huh? Behavior supports. Because we have human behavior too as adults. We have our own stuff going on and we are also really busy. We might have jobs and other kids and carpools to drive and meals to make and laundry to do. I'm going to stress you out, all the things that you have to do. So, We have to proactively and preemptively support ourselves. We know that going into the IEP meeting is a big deal. It is one of the annual meetings that we have. There are not a whole lot of annual meetings that we have as grownups, right? Like if you were on a nonprofit board, you probably meet monthly, quarterly, something like that. If you belong to clubs, you probably meet monthly or quarterly. If you have a job, you probably don't have a whole lot of meetings that are annual. And the ones that are annual are pretty big, like your annual board meeting. You're going to prepare a presentation and that might take you three or four weeks to prepare the presentation, right? So this thing, this annual thing is pretty big. Like it's a pretty big deal. And so We have to acknowledge that it's a pretty big deal. And then we've got to support ourselves and like actually deliberately proactively support ourselves. What I say is get what you need. If you know that you need exercise, get it. If you know that you need rest, get it. And maybe, heck, you might need both. I am a both and person. I absolutely need to exercise. Exercise helps me sleep. If I don't exercise, I don't sleep, and I also get very dysregulated. So exercise, rest, or both. Maybe it's water. Maybe you just really need to be hydrated. Take care of yourself. 
stop and think like next week I've got that IEP meeting. It's probably like circling around back here. It just like stays in the background of your brain. You wake up at two in the morning and think about something. It's going to be the IEP. Maybe we just need a little bit of water, a little bit of hot tea, a little treat when we go through a drive through at two o'clock in the afternoon. Water, coffee, sugar, whatever it is, whatever helps you to be able to function and stay calm and stay proactive, that's what you need. Maybe you need alone time. Maybe you just need to go take a, an hour-long walk because you are by yourself. Maybe you need a massage. Maybe you need to go to a coffee shop and read a book or a magazine. But maybe it's time with your friends. Maybe what is regulating to you is to spend time with your friends and not even think about the IEP. Whatever you need, proactively and preemptively access it in order to help yourself to prepare for that meeting. So the point here is not just to take care of yourself because that's cliche, right? But it is to take time to think about what you need and then to access it. Know that you're doing it when you're doing it. Know that you're taking quiet time. Know that you are drinking water in order to fuel your body and be mindful about how that regulates you. Be mindful about how you feel as a result of those strategies that you have taken. And hopefully then you can be very mindful about not letting the IEP process and the IEP meeting itself stress you out. Okay, so I wanted to keep this one pretty short because I don't want to stress you out by having to listen to a big, long podcast about how to prepare for your meeting. So number one, make an outline because it will make you more prepared. Number two, communicate early. And number three, take care of yourself proactively. I will see you next week. Same time, same place. I hope you have a great week.